grief is so overwhelming mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, wow, I'm never going to outlive this. Yeah. Or it feels like, oh my gosh, my life has been flipped upside down, which it has, and it's been rotated 360 degrees, yeah. and it's been mushed on, and you've been torrential rained on. It's Hurricane yeah. Cody. <laughs> Those emotions will get lighter, but they'll still be there. My pick of the week was, I've just been up to Nakuda Bay. Nice. And I went there with a friend and I, I'm going to turn my own horn. Yeah. Because um, I absolutely nailed the single ski. Nice. Yeah. This is the trip where I, where I really followed through on the execution. Mm-hmm. It was better than my metaphors and my similes and all of my English abilities. I actually feel quite proud of what I did. Yay, that's sick. It's always the most satisfying feeling, I feel like. I know. And like I feel like since I've I've kind of nailed getting up now. Yeah. Now it's just all time for the fun and games. What's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> my pick of the week is we went, we being my family, mm-hmm. went to a winery for lunch on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday this week. And it was so beautiful. It was really, really nice and it was a shit day, like, the weather-wise. It was so bad. It was, like, drizzly, and it was grey, and it was moody. Mm. But, which usually isn't winery weather, right? Like, you always want hot weather. Yeah. But this winery was so well done, I feel like, for all weathers and powers that be. Yeah. Because it was kind of like this kind of, like, tin, shady building, which had these massive windows that we were You're in a tinny house. <laughs> What was your trough of the week? Right. Well, my trough is actually quite embarrassing. <laughs> I was there for the trough. And, and, <laughs> and this is an embarrassing one. And you, you'll know that it's an embarrassing one because it kind of corresponds to my hairiness as a person. <laughs> okay. So Meg and I were going to go get our um, friend Charlie who did all the graphics for us. And we walked into this place and we had to wear masks because of COVID restrictions etc I felt like something itching me around my nose and my mouth area and I was like oh, what is this so I like quickly took it off and I look inside <laughs> and these, these short pubescent hair looking strands of hair. and you need to give the context that this place was really nice it was real quiet and serene nearly as highly with a pube mask yeah and I was like oh my god this is so embarrassing because it was like <laughs> It was like these short little black hairs. And I show Meg and I'm like, oh my god, Meg, look at this. And Meg, the first thing I said was, they're not my pubes, by the way. So I just made it out like it was. I just shaved my pubes into this mask, which I hadn't done, but it just came across that way. Yeah, it was anyway. like a whole new protection strategy, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was almost like reverse psychology, like because yeah. I had like jumped the gun so when much When Hipkins said to spread your legs, he meant with a mask on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, so then I was like faced with this choice. Either I could keep the mask on the right way and get a pure beard when I take the mask off finally, or I could turn the mask upside uh, inside out and then show everybody that there's these pubescent hairs on the outside of my mask on the other side Did of it. Did you tell them what the, what the hairs that were? Well, they were from my dog. Yeah, I don't think you ever cleared that up, did you? Oh, no, they weren't my pubes at all. <laughs> they were from my dog. But, like, I don't know why they were, like, in my mask. Because this mask had been in my bag. Unless she's, like, I don't know, trying to eat my lip balm or some shit. Like, <laughs> but it was really embarrassing. Oh, I feel like dog hairs just kind of like that. It gets everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. keep your masks. <laughs> keep your 
mask to wipe from the dog. <laughs> what was your trough? My trough was, oh, this morning I just got all stressy, I feel like. I don't mm. really know why I got all stressy, but... It was probably slightly to do with me. No, it wasn't at all to do with you. I was excited <laughs> to see you. Oh. But I was really stressy, I think, because it's just like a massive week coming up. You know when uni's right around the corner and then you're like, oh shit, I actually need to get my A into G. We're moving into the flat really soon. My shit's everywhere. All that kind of stuff. And it was just really stressy. But then I was like, you know what? How am I going to turn this trough into a peak? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then I was going to go for a beach walk with my parents. But then they ended up doing something else. And I was like, oh, okay, well, now I can't go for a beach walk. Yeah. And then I was like, no, you can go for a beach walk, girl yeah. boss. Empowerment. Yep. <laughs> just go on your own. And so it was actually really nice. So my trough turned into a peak in the end. I'm happy to say that I hang out with myself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Normalize it. <laughs> Do you know what we needed to normalize on that lo- on that note? What's that? Talking to yourself. Did you <laughs> talk to yourself on this on this serene beach walk? Did you? No, I just thought in my own head. But I feel like you're about to tell me that you talk to yourself on the beach. Well, I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> okay, so I've got a hot take for everybody, and I want to know what Meg would do in this situation. Yeah. So this happened a couple of weeks ago and I was with my brother and we went into this place where I thought that everything was free. Like you'd paid for a ticket and then you got food and stuff as well. And I thought, okay, cool. Beverages will be free. Naturally. yeah. And so he comes on and goes, oh, Hayley, is this free? And I was like, yeah, 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 it is free. So he goes up and he gets it and then the lady opens up the bottle. It was like a Corona or something. And she goes, that'll just be $9, thanks. And then he looks at me like, you motherfucker, you told me this was free and now I can't pull out of the sale because she's already opened it and now if I back out of it I'm gonna look like a cock so in that situation where maybe something's a little bit higher priced than you may have thought or where you are kind of shafted what do you do do you walk away from the sale or do you suck it up and pay it yeah, see, look, I'm definitely a suck it up and pay it kind of person. Mm. You could hand me an open Corona and I'd pay $200 for it if that's what you were asking. Yeah. <laughs> but I have mad respect for the walkaways, for sure. I wish I was a walkaway, I feel like yeah. that's my answer. Yeah. I feel like this is this is where Meg's legal advice really needs to kickstart. Is the burden of truth on me? Because I have <laughs> effectively reinforced a lie which i believe to be true yeah see i think something but comes it's false information about how you you thought it was true mm. i feel like it would be like where did you get that information come from you know in the court of law yeah <laughs> but it won't get there so it's fine okay. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like jake would just probably suck up the nine dollars and then it'll be fine <laughs> yeah i did feel terrible about it for so long though i was like i know oh. it's the worst when you cause that to someone else for sure i had guilt and i had embarrassment and I felt like the most untrustworthy person. What would you do in the situation? I would definitely pay it. Yeah. But there's been times where I've just been like, oh, like, I don't know how much this is. Like, this is a risk. And then it's like come out and it's been like, cool. So that coffee was $45. That happened where we were getting Charlie's present. Is that it was my fault. I thought it was a certain amount. And then it was actually more. But then it was way too late. And the lady who was serving us was in love with Hayley as well. So... We couldn't let her down. Yeah. But then the lady, to stop listening here, Charlie, the lady actually gave us the Western discount, which is mean. Yeah, yeah, she did. No. <laughs> couldn't have done it without your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I was just, flat- I was flattered by um, the flirtatious vibes that were hitting my way. Um, but it does pay to be nice to people who are serving you. It and does. Honestly, if my brother had been like, nah, I'm not paying for that. I would have been embarrassed. I would have got secondhand embarrassment from that. So I'm really glad that he, did, he didn't walk away from the sale at, at that point. 
So, are we do? Are you ready to start? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. My stomach just did a wee flip. <laughs> did it? I'm not good at going into like sad, not yeah. sad tones, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's a it's a tone switch for sure. It is a tone switch, but I feel like it doesn't need to be. No, I agree. Today we're going to talk about grief because it's something that we feel like is really important to talk about. Giraffe. I feel like lukewarm lattes, the whole thing is based on coffee chats, right? Mm. And we think it should be something, and probably is something, that comes up of your coffee chats with close friends. Yeah. Um, but we also thought that it definitely didn't need to be a super sad episode, because there's definitely ways to talk about that aren't that don't make it quite so like emotionally draining. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we need to talk about this, because everybody is sort of, you kind of avoids it. Yeah. And I get why, and I get it's a heavy topic, and it's quite morbid sometimes, but it's also so, like, if you haven't gone through grief before, you know someone going through grief, and you need to understand understand that they are having all these emotions flying through them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you've been through it before, so you can relate to it. Or you'll go through it in the future, right? Like, it's such a huge, natural human emotion, as natural as love and, like, happiness and excitement. Mm. And, I don't know, like, different mental health things as well. And we talk about those so much more because they're easier to articulate. But we avoid grief because it is heavy. Yeah. Um, which is tough because it's also an emotion that can make you feel really lonely. So it's important that we talk about it. But mm. we fully understand that the actual conversation is really, really hard. Yeah, so if you can't... Or don't feel like listening to a podcast that does include themes such as mental health and suicide and death and life and all those ugly feelings and beautiful feelings that come along with it. This is just your disclaimer that we will be talking about some of those themes and we want this to be a place where you feel like we're quite transparent and stuff. So we just want to give you that little bit of a disclaimer at the start because we know that it could probably be a little bit triggering for some people. And there'll be links in the show notes that Hallie and I will both like find ones that we like. So we'll be able to chuck those in there. So head to those whenever you want, really. One of the things that I, because I've been, me and Meg have both been through grief and yep. I believe that we're still probably grieving yeah. a lot of those parts. Um, and one of the things that has really come, come to the peak of it for me is that entitlement is like a huge factor massive right massive. what do you kind of mean by that when you say it when i mean enti- when i say entitlement i mean like for example this is a phrase that kind of gets tossed around when someone does pass away or like a feeling of grief comes about in life mm-hmm. oh it's really really sad and i feel really um disappointed and hurt and stuff or whatever um but I don't feel like I was close to mm-hmm. them, so I don't feel entitled to be sad as as sad or be sadder than those who were surrounded by her 24-7 or were surrounded by them 24-7. And I feel like that is such a hard thing to navigate. Yeah, it's massive, right? And we we're also talking about in the car how that entitlement can also play out and that grief doesn't just necessarily have to be something that happens when someone passes away. You can grieve a friendship that you are no longer a part of or you can grieve a relationship that's broken up but quite often you don't feel entitled to that grief because it isn't the picture that society accepts grief as yeah 100% but I think it's really important to solidify this as a really um, maybe one of the themes that that goes throughout this podcast is that you are a human being and you're entitled to feelings and Grief is one of those feelings. It's not a contest to see who is more entitled than the next person about a certain situation. It's more 
these are the feelings that I'm feeling. How can I, you know, navigate them or how can I make sure that they don't turn into really negative feelings or I don't know, snowball emotions that just kind of become bigger and better. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the bottom line is that if it's the feelings that you're having, then you are entitled to them because you can't stop yourself from feeling things. So if something's happened and you end up feeling really sad about it, but you're like, oh, I don't know. If you feel if you feel the sadness, that's, that's it. That's your entitlement. That's your license right there because those feelings are within you. So it's really important that... Not only you accept those, but I think other people accept them to be real as well. And I feel like once you've got a little bit of, I don't think sympathy is the right word here, but a little bit of recognition for those feelings that you go through, you'll have recognition for people around you are feeling those confusing emotions. Yeah. And you can kind of be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to pester the shit out of this person today because I think that they may be hurting inside. Yeah. I think a really tough thing also about grief and kind of the entitlement and all that kind of thing is how it can look really, really different on two people, which yeah. is just a whole nother level, right? And it makes that whole entitlement thing really different because if you're feeling grief and your your grieving process looks really different to someone else's, then that can even more make you feel like you're not entitled to it. Like, I'm not, you know, externally spiralling out of control like this person, so I must not be grieving as much as them because I'm focusing it into going to the gym all the time. When those can be equal amounts of grief, they just look really, really different. Yeah, that's a really, really important thing to touch on as well. And I think the way that you just expressed that was really, really um, beneficial because you say about how it can come out in external ways. And I, for one... This just matches exactly what people probably think of me now. And I feel like you kind of know what I'm going to talk about. But um, when I'm like grieving or when I'm upset, I make jokes about it. Like it's, I don't know if you would call it a coping mechanism or anything, but um, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, take the piss. I, I feel like I just take the piss out of myself all the time. For sure, humor, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And so when it's like, when I'm feeling these emotions, I'll just like make jokes out of it. And like, it's not that I think my emotions are a joke. That's just how I do it. And like other people will be like, oh, how can you like joke about that? Because yeah. it's like really sad and you've been really, really heavily affected. And I'd be like, I, it's not that I'm taking the piss out of the facts of the matter. It's just that I deal with it like this. Yeah. And Meg was saying before how she dealt with it in a completely, completely different way. Yeah, literally, I just went like full avoidant mode and, you know, like just got as far away from the situation as I possibly could, which, you know, in hindsight, like... The same way that I'm sure humour does, right? There's, like, pros and cons to those different strategies. Yeah. There were definitely parts of it that weren't effective. But it did look really, really different. And I remember at the time that being something that played on my mind a lot. I think because my strategy might have been different to other people I was around, it it does create, like, a sense of loneliness in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone can be going through grief, or everyone around you can be going through grief when you experience something collectively. But if you're using different strategies, then sometimes it can feel as lonely as if you're going through it on your own. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we just need to give a little, like, a little bit of context as to, because I yeah. feel like we're talking about, like, an talking event. Talking around something. We're talking around <laughs> something, and that's probably not what we want to, you know, put out to the audience. But, um... In Meg and I's high school years, we lost a really, really close friend um, to suicide. And that was like a really, really, obviously really sad and Mm -hmm. really devastating. And like we lost a member of our community that was extravagant. And I think we were talking about this on a previous episode about how, I don't know, we live on a rock and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like from losing a friend at that young age, Mm -hmm. because we lost um, our friend in high school, that you do become a little bit more 
gracious and a little bit more fuck yeah, look, do it for them or change sort of your mentality from oh, I can't do this or I feel like I shouldn't be doing this at this time to be like, cool, I'm entitled to, you know, grieve how I want to grieve. If it's paying my respects in this way, I'll yeah. do that. There was the real, like, initial stage, which I feel like people don't talk about as much, where the whole world at term, instead of transitioning into a young adult over a few years, it happened within, you know, the space of a single moment. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. And it's so unique how humans deal with grief like this, because we can go fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's this is where, this is probably the one... One situation where you really see the differences between you and your friends, like you might think that, um, say for example, me and Megan are really similar, which we really, really are, but like yeah. the way that we deal with things is so, so different. You do feel a little like alone when you're grieving, and that's a really, really normal thing to feel. But it, like you need to acknowledge that you aren't. Yeah, I feel like the other thing there as well is that you you feel a lot, and other people who are going through it feel a lot. But you can feel those things at completely different times. It's so weird because you can be going something through really intense as a part of your grief process one morning. And your friend might have a morning where they're feeling fine kind of thing. Or as fine as you can be. Mm. And then the next day it's completely different. And it makes it so tough, right? Because you don't want to be constantly dragging people back down or like even yourself. As much as you might be close to someone, they could be dealing with it in a completely different way. And their point of view is their point of view. They see the world through their eyes. They don't see the world through your eyes. So when you might be talking about the same situation and you are voicing the same opinions, Mm -hmm. you might be having very, very different thoughts. I also feel like going through it as a community is really tough, right? Because you are feeling so you're emotionally exhausted from your own grief process but you're also desperate to help that's probably one of the strongest things I remember from that time just being so desperate to support and help the my friends who were grieving really heavily as well and it's hard because it's not always possible to do both yeah I think that's really really important as well because it's kind of like a domino effect but when something happens in the middle of a community there's triggers going off all sorts of ways with Mm -hmm. all sorts of different emotions stemmed from I don't know previous experiences and I don't know thoughts that someone else has had previously and it does affect a community as a whole yeah 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 for sure rather than the initial I don't know circle around that person and I'm sure like with all of different types of like events and experiences that can happen the grief looks slightly different because it was to do with suicide and involved suicide when going through the grief process and wanting to support your friends your emotions about mental health and mental health consequences were so heightened which just made it like just it heightens it to a new level when you're also so concerned about everyone's grief processes because that's a part of mental health and this happened with someone else's mental health and these were the consequences you know do you know what I mean yeah yeah I do get what you mean and it's really hard to find the balance between thinking about mental health all the time and understanding how much of a trigger it can have for other things and obsessing over mental health all the time. Yeah, wow, huge. Because I remember at this time, and I I shouldn't say I remember because I still still feel like this, but I... um, will think, okay, cool, I've been I've been feeling this really, really sad emotion for what, a week, two months, whatever it is. Yeah. Am I grieving or am I actually needing to seek help? Yeah. Something like that. And I feel like that's no matter how you lose somebody or no matter how much you are struggling to comprehend the loss of something mm-hmm. in your life, I feel like it's really hard as a 
teenager, 20 year old, adult, young adult, kid to figure out when's, where's like the threshold to where you can help yourself and to where you need to um, actively seek help from an external source whether it be talking to someone someone or whether it be just going for a walk yeah yeah right and those external sources look completely different this might be a, a second hot take i don't know yeah i'm not at all like shitting on mental health that like, positive mental health support online because i all think it's so important and it needs to keep going and grow but i feel like as someone talking to someone who's really wise once kind of sparked in my head the whole it's okay not to be okay thing as a, mm. it's a it's a hard one it's a really hard balance because it is okay not to feel okay but it's not okay to stay feeling not okay but I think sometimes with that mental health stuff when we all talk about it and you know we share all these quotes and we push out all of these messages sometimes it can be misconstrued to be what you're feeling the really bad emotions it's fine it's just part of life yeah. when actually it's it's not necessarily fine like it's fine to talk about but you have to take action to it I feel like we forget that half of the message you know what I mean yeah it's it's really hard because I remember as kids we were always like told sometimes people have bad days yeah. and sometimes those bad days are just a one-off and stuff and oftentimes they are yeah but we're like left with that one line resonating with us for the rest of our lives and if you are feeling this way and having bad days for like like consecutive bad days for a whole year yeah that's not okay and, yeah well not not okay but like that's when you should be out of okay this is where i need to seek help or um people that really open up about hey i'm really fucking struggling mate yep. like i need, just need to have like a dmc with you yeah dmc meaning deep and meaningful chat i'll just put that in there because i said this to mum she's like what is yeah DMC i've mean? said to people recently too and they've been like what yeah no, oh shit sorry <laughs> i said cbk to one of my friends too and they were like huh and i was like are you kidding that's <laughs> yeah, so funny yeah, I forget that my like vocab is not everyone else's yeah. vocab. Skeebs. <laughs> yeah, Skeebs. Yeah, we were talking about that. The um, where Skeebs come from? Someone DM us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But yeah, I feel like it's really hard to be like, okay, this is the emotions that I'm feeling, and they're not okay. But it's really, really hard to articulate that because maybe you don't feel entitled, or maybe you don't feel like they are the emotions that are associated with grief. But because you are human your body can and your mind can get so jumbled up and be like fuck okay I don't know how to grieve so here here's anger or here here's frustration and and your body is like okay fuck maybe I can't grieve in a way that seems really really externally universal Mm -hmm. so I'll just act out or I'll just do this and this and this and it's really hard to tell because people go through grief so differently yeah literally or the other alternative is that you do nothing and it just kind of swallows you up because when you are in those emotions this doesn't just apply to grief but like negative emotions in general you don't necessarily realize how negative they are in the moment Mm. or you don't realize their sort of volume anyway and so when you are say in a state of grief and you get a sticker that's like everyone has bad day what is what do you do with that information does it mean that you just keep having the day it's Mm. it's such a hard one but then alternatively you don't want to not give people that messaging because it's trying to tell people it's fine to talk about it this is something that i really feel strongly about with grief yeah and i constantly worry about this when i'm I love strong opinions so i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> okay i'm gonna slap you in the face with my strong opinion okay here. um 
since like I've started grieving when I was younger and I've lost grandparents or mm-hmm. family friends and then progressively through my teens, I've always really worried about memory and yeah. the memory of that person mm-hmm. because often when someone leaves unexpectedly unexpectedly or in not a very nice way, yeah. that can kind of swallow all of the memories and kind of digest them and they're kind of thrown away because you're consumed by mm-hmm. the the way that they left yeah. and the emotions that is, that you associated with the way that they left instead of the memories, the laughter, the fun and the amazing people that they were. Yeah. I feel like it's really hard sometimes to stop worrying about forgetting the memories yeah. and stop like and kind of change your perspective to I know this person, I love this person and this is when they've left. It's, yeah, I just find it really hard sometimes to separate the leaving from the living. People talk about this stage of acceptance, right? Well, can be what you're talking about, how you can be like, okay, well, this is what happened and I remember them really positively. But I feel like what people don't talk about within that is that you accept it and then you unaccept it and then you accept it again and then you unaccept it day to day, month to mm. month, year to year. You yeah. move those different things, which is what makes it really hard with those memories, right? Because one moment you're like, no, no, I'm I'm comfortable. Like, I, this is what I'm choosing to remember. Mm. And then a couple of days later, something different triggers and you're, I'm back to this third stage of grief that I was in a couple of months ago. Yeah. Which makes it tough for sure. I feel like when, since we're talking about reflecting, this is such a positive thing of like social media because yeah. since we take videos and stuff all the time, we've got that, I don't know, the sound of their voice or the laugh or the funny moments or when they fell over or whatever and it's really important to sort of romanticize those ideas and romanticize those really really special moments that you've caught on camera because that's like living evidence of their life but it's really important to know when you're obsessing and when you're you know yeah reminiscing it, it is such a gift right as kind of sad as it is there's only space in your head for so many memories and so much information so to be able to capture that and have that on record so that you don't have to put all this pressure on your brain to remember every single detail is Mm. actually so special yeah i definitely agree something i wanted to touch on on grief is that something that i find really interesting about it is how it can affect you and you don't even realize it's like grief that affects you right you can be on the sports field and have a bad game and make some mistakes and it could literally be attached to grief that you've gone through from something months before it just creeps Mm. into your life in the in the strangest ways yeah yeah I definitely agree and I think alongside of that that can stem from stomping on those emotions that you feel instantly after the initial point of grief if you stomp down those emotions it not draws out the process because grief is always attached to us but but it sort of aggravates you a little bit more and maybe affects you yeah way harsher than you would have if you had dealt with the emotions you know and giving yourself the time of day to really feel those sad emotions not be like yeah, yeah I'm happy as or what are your thoughts on the really classic analogy of grief about how you don't get over it you grow around it and you create room for it I'm a, I'm 100% a huge believer in it yeah, because there was a point in my life I'd lost like my best friend my dog and my nana and so (laughs) absolute shit sandwich right i remember i got you a candle as well and i was like driving here with the candle and i was like me a candle won't do shit (laughs) i really appreciate that littleton lights candle (laughs) oh you remember that i was remembering it wasn't kidding (laughs) (laughs) no of course it's the little gestures like that that you never forget yeah but um you know when you're going through something like that the 
grief is so overwhelming mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, wow, I'm never going to outlive this. Yeah. Or it feels like, oh my gosh, my life has been flipped upside down, which it has, and it's been rotated 360 degrees, yeah. and it's been mushed on, and you've been torrential rained on. It's Hurricane yeah. Cody. <laughs> Those emotions will get lighter, but they'll still be there. Those yeah. emotions will be very, very intense, but you just won't delve right into where you were when that grief was at its peak. I feel like a really strong emotion from grief can be you just crave with your whole body, you crave being who you were a day before. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You just want that just for a minute, like Mm. more than anything, which is part of that really strong emotion. But it's so true what you're saying, Hayley, about how you just sort of, you move, you move to the left slightly and and it stays with you that you continue forward with it, kind of in your backpack kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. What is your thoughts when someone passes their soul living on or like them being surrounded, being your guardian or whatever, guiding you through life? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really like this question because I'm personally not religious. I'm not particularly spiritual. I think that that is... How do I word this? It's really hard to word stuff It's it's a really hard thing to articulate. I feel like even for someone like myself who's not spiritual and religious, I still believe it to be true. Even if you don't believe in spirits and souls and all that kind of thing, I still really believe that someone's legacy or your experiences with someone follow you and they guide you. And the same way that experiences do when you lose someone, their soul is always with you for the rest of your life, regardless of what your viewpoint is on that kind of stuff. I hope that makes sense because I think it's completely valid both ways. I think the way my brain naturally goes is that I'm like this experience and this person who I lost was so important that of course they'll always be with me in my mind. And I know that for some people it goes even deeper than that, which I think is so cool as well. Yeah, this is... I've got... (laughs) I've got a funny story for you. You wouldn't believe it. (laughs) You wouldn't not believe it. Okay, I really... This is is a part that I don't want my mum to listen to, but she's going to anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Tell you to turn it off. Okay, so when I was younger and I'd lost a great nana, yeah, really believed in this whole, you know, they're watching over me because mm-hmm. I don't know, as when something happens like this, like a life, a life event, you are told, oh, they'll be looking after you up there, yeah, like, which is nice, you. right? Like that's it's a lovely thing to pass helpful. on, yeah, yeah. But as a child, as whatever young little Haley I was, I thought about <laughs> it literally, right? So just in my head, I like pictured cloud and then there's nana up there on a little desk just like peering down this carried on for like so long and i just believe this for like so <laughs> it's so funny saying this out loud because i never i never said this out loud before but... yes i'm so excited look with latte's exclusive <laughs> <laughs> but like i remember doing something quite naughty and i was like oh my gosh like i vividly remembered this oh my gosh nana's gonna be able to see this i instantly stopped doing it i was like fuck me, my oh. nana's going to be so disappointed in this because I just had this vision in my head of being like, oh my gosh, my nana's watching me all the time. Maybe that was her sending me like a virtual yeah, message of being like, Hayley, don't do that. But like, I don't know, like I always just think of it. They genuinely are you, surrounded by you, yeah. you know, kind of guiding you towards, I don't know, make, not making that decision because you're going to get yourself in trouble. Or... Yeah. It's really, I think we were talking about this before, yeah. about the snowball effect of grief. I was talking to a good friend about this and she's lost 
a couple of people throughout her life, her mm-hmm. family has. And we were talking about the influence of time and place and people mm-hmm. and the influence of dates when you are surrounded by these times, these places and these people. Mm-hmm. And my opinion on it was that I like to be surrounded by people who are familiar with what's going on, who are people who are like considerate of it. But her opinion was that, you know, this place associates me with the memory of this person and I don't want it to be a sad memory. I want mm. to be a happy memory of them passing and me celebrating her life or their life rather than getting messages of sympathy. Anniversaries is a hard one, right? Because mm. when one person really wants to be surrounded, another person might be like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, literally. And it's tough. Like when you're grieving the same person and it's a shared anniversary, it's hard to meet in the middle of things that are two completely different spectrums you know and I you know I always set these sentences up and it sounds like there's advice coming because there's not because I don't know the answer yeah (laughs) but I do think it's just it's a it just all comes part and parcel with it I remember right when I was in the crux of grieving really really heavily Mm. and I used to get fucked off with the anniversaries yeah because I my perspective on it then which has changed yeah and it has become a little bit more gracious than it was <laughs> but I was an angry motherfucker and I was like my perception of it was fuck you for thinking that the anniversary is the only sad day and the yep. only day that you should remember <laughs> you should be remembering remembering your loved ones every single day that they're yep. lost and all this stuff and now I think that 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 still is my perspective but it's more I'm using these dates as celebrations of life. You're yeah. able to fucking feel whatever emotions that you are that you feel because they're so natural and that's what a human does. We kind of have expectations of ourselves of how maybe we might feel. And I remember for maybe the last like couple of years, like I haven't felt really, really super sad on anniversaries, but yeah. more the lead up yeah. and the anxiety around the date yeah. or whatever. And I may feel devastated like on a completely un- unrelated date and I'll be like, well, why am I feeling like this? Yeah. And then I've got to remember, look, your body and your mind doesn't have a calendar. It feels what it feels when it feels it. And yeah. you've just got to be so gracious with yourself and with others because you have ne- no idea when or where people might be grieving or what might trigger it. Literally, it might be at the anniversary. It might be at a funeral. It might be standing while they're standing in the middle of the supermarket in the frozen zone, right? You yeah. just you literally never fucking know because people don't talk about it enough out loud. Maybe you get a boyfriend or you ace a test or like you have this really like good birthday, and then that itself, a really positive experience, can be a trigger for being like holy fuck, I'm so sad about losing this person. Yeah. Maybe it's because you wish they were there or you wish that you could share it with them. Mm-hmm. But it's tough because even the good shit will trigger it for you, you know? Yeah, 100%. I feel like we should really take a little U-turn and say one thing that has switched your perspective uh-huh. after feeling some confusing feelings about grief. And I feel like really knowing that life is very short is like... Yeah the most beneficial thing, the most beneficial life lesson that can come out of something like grief. Yeah, I 100% agree, right? And I feel like I know for myself, going through grief at different points has made me be, sometimes it's made me be really anxious about losing people and like Mm. obsess over it. But when you can spin it in the positive way and be like, I just need to make the most of every moment because you just never know, Mm. that's, that's a hundred, I agree. It's one of the most valuable things that comes out of grief. Yeah. I would say mine would, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but 
I think grief is one of those things that people will people will grieve for the first time at completely different ages in their life because it just depends when they go through an event that causes grief. So you might grieve for the first time when you're 17 or it might be when you're 26, might be when you're 50, it might be when you're 8. It's all completely different. But I do think that it is one of those things that once you've been through it, you can then recognise it and support it and empathise with it in other people's events, even when it's completely not related to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Once you unlock that emotion, it can become a hugely supportive thing for the people you love around you. Yeah, 100%. It's like the most valuable thing that you can gain from the probably worst situation. Yeah. Is just having that being able to be gracious with other people's feelings alongside of your own makes you not just consider the legacies or what you gain from people who have left but also what you gain from people who are still here you know what what do you what do you currently respect about your friends what do you learn from your friends what is one of your favorite friends taught you about life you don't they don't have to leave for that to be something that you realize but I think all of that kind of realization and that wisdom only comes super unfortunately once you go through something so horrible. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, if you guys feel any type of ways, means, um, unhappy feelings or behaviours that you're not really quite sure how to navigate, mm-hmm. make sure that you open up a conversation about it. Meg and I both are huge believers that a problem shared is a problem halved. For sure. And no one's ever going to be bored with you talking about how you're struggling Mm -hmm. and no one's ever going to be shutting the door of opportunities just because you're not feeling that way right love you all love you sounds like you're on a phone call with your mom i know (laughs) hey you thanks for listening to another episode of lukewarm lattes if you want to hear more from us head on over to instagram and follow us at lukewarm lattes and you can see some sneak peeks, what episodes are coming up. You might even get a say in what episodes happen at all. So it's a place to be, really. I might even flirt with you on the DMs. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys have a beautiful week, and we'll see you on the flip side.